Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, everybody, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast. Uh, we're back again. We're a bit late with this Palace reaction pod, and there was a bit of a, a bit, a bit of a, bit of a strange one last night. You guys already got a reaction pod on the, on the podcast, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there was a bit of crosswires there uh, last night, so I do apologize about that. But myself and Paddy are are here, and uh, it's always good to, um, I suppose, to hear what the what the wonderful. Bardell and Dolan have to say anyway, so that is all cool too. Um, but we're back. We're going to chat to you about a game, which I'll be honest with you, I'd say it's up there in my top three most games that made me the most pissed off this year. Uh, Crystal Palace, this game that just went, and and I don't know why it's borderline irrational um, annoyance at this game. But I don't want to rave myself up too early because that would mean I will talk for twenty straight minutes and not get petty to say anything, which. You know, no one's here for that. Uh, but Paddy, what did you make of that game? I suppose just a very well. I, ne- I nearly fell asleep during the game, so if you were handed off for twenty minutes, I might be likely to fall asleep live on the pod. So <laughs> that would not be a good look. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but no, fuck it. Yeah, just it just look, it, was, it was just it was just a strange game. Um, Palace Palace picked a team to go out and nullify our midfield, and as a result, it just turned into a very boring, monotonous game. And let's face it, Vieira won the tactical battle early on, and in the first half, I thought they were excellent. They completely cl- closed us off. Um, we had very we had very little <laughs> to, to even talk about um, in the first half. Um, so it's it was just a strange, strange game. And while I had an awful fear of missing out on that amazing, amazing tribute to the under twenty mm. or the the European Cup winning team. Um, 
I know I know find myself glad that I didn't go and actually sit through the match. I'd I'd have probably been better leaving after five minutes of the game. Look, it's 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 just it's just a strange game. It uh, it, it it didn't match what went on before it and the absolutely amazing tribute that went on. And I think we should probably go in chronological order and talk about that first. Yeah, and I want to but uh, from from the from I suppose the current player and the current management's point of view, I think they got it absolutely spot on in what they did. You know, the one hundred for, for everybody. Yeah. It, it it just looked it looked classy. It looked reverent. It looked exactly the way um, the way it should look. You know, and, yeah. and fair play to Stephen Gerrard and fair fair play to the club and fair play to the current team um, for for doing that. You know, on a day when you know there, there was a lot at stake. There was a lot at stake in that game, and uh, and they still took the time out to do this. Absolutely, and 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 look, you give Gerard the credit because he said it was on him that he flipped it. He's dead right that that our current crop should be forming that guard of honor because you know our lads have won nothing. You know the the, the greats of nineteen eighty two shouldn't be clapping them onto the pitch. So uh, yeah, it was absolutely done. Perfectly and good show from Gerard to flip it over and have his lads clap them onto the pitch. And it was just a lovely, lovely moment to see um, a lot of the old players and some representatives of those uh, players and managers that have passed since. So uh, it was lovely. The whole thing was lovely. I thought I thought the the TIFO and and the and the European Cup on the whole day and I thought it was fantastic. That was, was class, just, yeah. It yeah, was I just really done classy all throughout the day. It was just everything you saw from it was just smiles and happiness. Um, the players, they you know, they took the trophy out of the cabinet, they brought it onto the pitch, they took the 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 league winners from the year before, they took they took that trophy out as well. They took the super cup plaque as it was back then. They you know, it was just it was just a lovely, lovely moment to see all the most of the guys. Back of Villa Park, there was a couple missing um, of those that are still with us, but uh, it, it's a pity they missed out on that. But for the for the likes of Tony Morley and Jimmy Rimmer to miss out, but it was lovely. It was absolutely lovely. Uh, I think the the one thing and the one kind of I suppose question that's on everybody's lips after that was when they came down to the halt end, who took the penalty? Which one of the players took the penalty? Have you seen that? There's a video going around. They're down by the whole dead, and one of the OX players takes a ball off off the. <laughs> and maybe it might have been at halftime. I, I I can't remember when it was, but somebody takes a ball, puts it down on the penalty spot, and takes a penalty and runs off celebrating. Love <laughs> it. Somebody told me earlier on who it was. Um, <laughs> I couldn't make it out. <laughs> I think it was Gibbo. I think What's it was. It? Yeah, <laughs> whoever it was could still move because when he scored, he took off with a red of knots and dress shoes and everything. So fair play to him. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it was. It's look, it's great. It's uh, we're we're in a very select group. We're in um, we and you can never. It's one of those one of those wonderful things that, that you can never take away from Aston Villa Football Club. Just like you can never take out take away the fact that we set up the the, the football league. The, the, you know that history goes back that far. Uh, we're, as I said, we're one of a, a finite, or not a finite, but a select crew that have won the, have sat at the top table of European football, you know, with the cup and, and celebrated a yeah. night like that. And, and yeah, sat, it's 40 years and ago, sat, but. And sat there without paying for it. 
that, yeah. that's what that's what cuts us adrift from everybody else who's doing it now. So, you know, ourselves, Liverpool, Forest, uh, Man United, Celtic, any anything after Liverpool in the eighties win, winning that European Cup was probably bought. You know, even even down to Man United hoovering up the talent in nineteen ninety nine. It's just the way it was. Um, I. Uh, what's the, what's the statistic, Paddy? As well, you'll keep me honest in this one. Are we the last team, last English team, to win the UEFA win the European Cup, winning all our game, not losing a game, and having won the cha- won the league the year before? Something mad. There's some statistic oh. there. Are we the last? Are we the last English team to win the to have gone through as champions and to win? European Cup in normal time. I'm not sure. Some I, I thought, that. It didn't Liverpool win it the following year, so they yeah, probably I, did it, did the same thing. I would imagine. I think I think there was something like I think it went extra time or it went to penalties. There's some mad stat I can never remember it. I always get it muddled up. Actually, this is where the comments come in handy, isn't it? Um, <laughs> no, no one has it inside there. No one has, no it. One has yeah. it in there. Yeah, everybody's still watching Keenan Davis sprinting around the field for for Forest. And um, we were we were thinking of postponing this for for another half hour so we could watch the playoff game. But um, I do have it on here to see what's going on too. But uh, I can't remember what that stat is. Please, if anybody's watching, throw the stat in about about Villa. There's some some mad stat about them being maybe being the last team to win it. Last English team to win it in normal time after going through as champions or something, something mad, some mad stat anyway. Um, can't that's, what that's, that's probably close to the mark because I think Liverpool won in 83 on penalties and Man United won on uh, an injury time of extra time, Solskjaer, wasn't it, in Barcelona? So that's probably closer to the mark. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Just goes to show that we're class. That's really what it goes to show. We are, what's the saying? We are fucking massive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but, whoa, there's ghosts in my in my studio here. There's things after falling off the wall here behind me, um, beside me. Um, but getting back to getting back to the game and to the and and, and yeah, look, I, I love the raising of the European Cup uh, motif behind in front of the whole end. I wonder is that something like we've often spoke about that. We've spoke about Project B Six and some of the stuff that they do there. And we spoke about it when Dean Dino was there, and you know, the whole end has been an inspiration for a lot of continental uh, well the old whole end was an inspiration for a lot of continental terraces and uh, and and things like that and and uh, you know the way they get very raucous and they get very partisan and so on um uh, on the continent i suppose i like that the fact that we were raising something there in front of the halt i don't know how are people sitting in the halt with whether they'd like more wires and more more chains <laughs> and stuff like that hanging off in front of them obscuring the view but um, I thought it was pretty cool, and I think it's it's not something that's really the done thing in English football or British mm-hmm. football. But like, why why shouldn't we be the first to do it? Why shouldn't it be somebody to make it a raucous atmosphere and uh, have something like that 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 we would have before games? It just adds to the adds to everything. And look, you talk about the cop. I know Man United trying to make the Stretford end uh, an entity in its own. But like you you think of the cop, you think of the whole end. There aren't too many more famous uh, famous stands, uh, specifically supporter f- uh, fund stands in in English football than the two of those, really. You know, so why not make it ours, and why not you know do something special there um, on game day, every game day, should I say? I think it'd be pretty cool. 
I suppose the, the, the only negative was the, the banner they put around the side of the pitch actually cut off the first five or six rows from seeing what was going on. So yeah. they had this banner. <laughs> I saw a few photographs from behind it. So I don't know why the banner was, was raised aloft because you li- those guys could literally couldn't see the pitch whatsoever. So it probably should have been kept down at, uh, at ground height. But anyway. Ronan Ward has got the has got the statistic or has got a statistic. He said they were the only team to win the European Cup in 1982. Yeah, that that might be the statistic I was looking for. <laughs> 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 but I I do think I I, I think this um yeah and I'm not gonna say more color like it's it's it's. I just think that you know you can have that intimidation factor. Like no, I'm not saying that we go out like that crowd from. Where was it, Moldova or wherever, to go out and sacrifice a goat in the middle of the field or anything like that? I'm not saying we go completely bonkers altogether, but something before the match that's ours that becomes a small bit of an intimidation factor or becomes a small bit over time becomes a traditional factor that lifts the team. I don't know what mm. it is. I'm I'm just trying. I'm just I'm not the ideas guy. I'm the guy that gives out about stuff. Um, but I'm sure there's something that could be done. Um, before games, like you know, like the Celtic cuddle used to be a thing beforehand, it really got the crowd going. You know, you never walk alone, Liverpool sing that beforehand. Apparently, it gets the crowd going, it gets the it gets the, 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 the team going. I don't know, I think that there's, I think, I think there's an opening in the market, there's a niche there somewhere. Um, that Villa mm. could do, and I think it could be some the pyrotechnics, or I don't know. I, I've no idea. I, I should have shut up talking a while ago because I'm I've I've no ideas other than words coming out of my mouth here, uh, with regards to this. Um, Sacramento, yeah, I don't know about that. I think the ISPCA will be uh, our site. Is there, what's the the BSPCA? Is the British Society of Prevention and Cruelty? I don't know what it is. They might be on. And I know you said, Paddy, that we should be reading out all of our um all the things we put up, but <laughs> just in case, um. It's not our opinion, though. We're okay. <laughs> it's not our opinion. Exactly, exactly. Um, but thinking about, I suppose, going on towards the game then, Paddy. So the team, we did a team, obviously did a team sheet tantrum. And we were pretty happy with the team. You know, the team was, as I said at the time, in in US sports, they call it chalk. You know, it's exactly what you would have expected. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what we got. We had Nakamba in there. We had uh, we had a back four that we expected to have, have in there. We had two strikers. Coutinho behind them. You know, we were, I was expecting big things. It just never transpired. We, it's like as if we came out playing with the handbrake on. You know, it just wasn't. It was a laboured, laborious performance, and nobody owned the middle of the field. And Crystal Palace hassled us high up, just pressed us high. And their press was fine. That's all I would say. It is their press was fine. It wasn't great. They more or less played three at the back, and I just thought that we just. We had no ideas or anything like that until once again we like it was like the Arsenal game when we played Arsenal. We had no ideas until the last 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, we had got we got a goal, a fortuitous goal, and we'll come to that later on. But uh, look, it's it's just playing with the handbrake on just really annoys me. It really annoys me when there's nobody I didn't, breaking. I didn't see so much as <clears throat> as playing with the handbrake on. I, I think what threw us was Milievic and Kayati in there. I think I think the two of us spoke about how they'd line up over two podcasts, mm-hmm. and we and we never thought that that would have been an option. And to me, it just seemed like they they came out to spoil our play, <clears throat> and hopefully nick a goal. And they spoiled our play, but we nicked the goal. Unfortunately, they got another one. But um, mm-hmm. that you know, it was just to me, uh, they got their tactics right in the first half to spoil it. 
they did, they didn't do anything majorly to go and try and win it. Yeah, they didn't yeah. have to do anything. They kind of let us spoil ourselves because yeah. Douglas Louise and John McGinn were sat on top. Like it's the same issues again. You could you could put a blanket over Douglas Louise, like except we we got Watkins free and we got uh we we got Coutinho slightly free, but he was almost now he pushed himself a small bit too wide at times and kind of out of the game. But you could have put a blanket over Louise John McGinn. And Danny Ings at times, which I thought was really strange. The fact he was getting sucked that sucked back so far, and 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 like, there's just something not right there. You know that that mm-hmm. to me is has to be player led. You know, there's no way you want that you want to be crowded. You know, I have no idea what it was. But it just I just found it annoying. It was a bit of a, a regression towards six games ago when you when when we were getting in each other's way, and and I think we played into their hand big style. Um. Nakamba wasn't great in this game either. I, uh, for about 15 minutes in, I was like, oh, I'm not quite sure about Nakamba. He did a couple of good things, had a couple of tackles, all right, um, mm. and, and, and stuff like that. Like he had, he, he actually tried to dribble the ball a couple of times as well, which was a scary, scary prospect. Um, <laughs> but uh, he wasn't awful or anything, like, don't get me wrong, but. It just I, I just don't think that he 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 wasn't at the pitch of the game and and that kind of that kind of summed up where we were going I think for for most of the first half it wasn't an enjoyable first half to watch I think is what I'm trying to get at yeah um it wasn't an enjoyable game to watch full stop no you know it, it didn't just stop it although we were, I thought we were a little bit better at times in the second half but it, in general it was just one of those end of season games where nothing was happening and they just. They just bossed that midfield and, and left us with nowhere to go. And because they had two uh, two wide men, very wide, our fullbacks couldn't bomb on like like they had been in the past. I'd say if you look at the heat map, our two fullbacks were probably the lowest that I can remember all season. Yeah, they 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 weren't like Dino certainly wasn't that far forward. Mm. No, Luca Dean has um, what was that that you read today? He's seven assists in the league. He's the most assists of any defender this season. Which I thought was actually mind-boggling because you would just expect that Trent Alexander-Arnold and and Robertson would just be so far ahead of everybody else. You would do, um, yeah. <clears throat> but but Luca Dean has has the most assists of any defender, and he got another one at, at the weekend. And I thought he was good. I thought he was really good. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what we can do with him next year. Um, uh, there was yeah, there was there was like he did a he, he did a lot better in defense, I think, this week than he did. Uh, than he has done the weeks previous, um, specifically because I don't think Mings had the best game. Um, uh, like when he, he, didn't have, he didn't have a rick or anything like that, but I just don't think he had the best game positionally. I I, I think he he struggled when we struggled, if that makes sense. And uh, his yellow card brings us to what we're one yellow card away from our worst ever disciplinary performance in the Premier League, which which is not up at the Leeds territory. Leeds have 100, 100 cards this season, um, and we've only got 77, 78. I think 78 equals our worst performance, our worst disciplinary performance, so we might get away with it. You know, we might get away with uh, either equaling but not bettering. Um, see, we can't even foul at an elite level, Paddy. You know, that's why, what's wrong with this team? Can't even foul the best. In the Premier League, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure if you go back and count some of them yellow cards, there were there were token yellow cards dished out for no apparent reason. And especially that Norwich game, didn't he go through a phase of uh, throwing out a load of yellow cards? You're just like, what the hell is going on with this guy? Mm. Yeah, yeah. But uh, look, I, I I think it's 
it's it, it was it was just such a strange game as you're saying it, like I don't even think Crystal Palace were that up for it, to be honest. With Jabar Zaha, who basically walked around the field thinking that everybody was out to get him, and like there was a couple of really kind of oh my god, they were they were embarrassing moments for him, to be honest with you, you know. And that's that's kind of the best word I come up with it. Like his remonstrations and how he gets up in the referee's face, and and he mustn't be saying anything bad, like, but it just looks so petty and petulant. Um. For such a fine footballer, he doesn't even need to because it was him who was trying to instigate all the all the what, what it looked like him he was trying to instigate all the contact, all the anger. He was trying to trying to make something happen, a flashpoint happen to get himself going. It just never did, and then he ended up with that, you know, being petulant at times. So no, it's just a shame because I actually <clears> think he's a really good footballer. He's having one of the best seasons he's had this had in his career this season. I think he's got like thirteen goals which is a good return for him. But, you know, he'll always be remembered for, you know, gesticulating and remonstrating and whatever else. And I think it's a shame because he's only... And just he's being not, the like, most annoying player in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, like he's 29 years of age now, you know. Like he, there, there comes a time when, when you, know, you just have to put your head down and stop doing that really. Like, you know, you know, you mm. got to find your motivations from somewhere. I do know that. But um, look, uh, he's... He's there, Jack Grealish. He's there, Jack Grealish. Grew up just down from the ground, was a fan all his life, apparently. And fans <laughs> love him, and other fans hate him. And so fucked off Manchester. I <laughs> mm, fucked off to Manchester. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that could be it. Um, but but I like, like if you were to ask me who their best player was over the course of the game, they did, like they didn't really have one, like, but yet they were on top and they were really comfortable like mm-hmm. and that's what comes back to Paddy and the team she tension when we spoke about it beforehand they're the sum of their parts they really yeah. really are they're the sum of their parts and, and yeah. well, uh, well I would I would argue that their best player was Nathaniel Klein I thought he was excellent which is the best I've seen him play in years but he just seemed to have a lot of freedom on that side I think he had a good 10 minutes and where he got down that side and then I thought I, I thought Dina was I thought Dini had him had him terrified mm. every time he went up that wing, though. Well, I think the, the, um, the two, the, the two Dina, I thought was our best player. I thought he was excellent yeah, all day. Yeah. So there were two good players going at it there, but I, I, I would argue that he was their best player, definitely. Ollie Watkins for us, I think, put in a really good shift. As did John McGinn. I thought I thought McGinn was good. Mm. Like McGinn had a ton of tackles. I can't remember. I think he's got mm. like he's he's like a hundred ta- hundred successful tackles or something this season, which is like. Who would have thought? You know, for a guy who isn't a defensive midfielder, he's getting in those tackles and he's getting he's getting success from them. I thought he was pretty okay. I thought he got around the field well. Um, he, I thought he was our best midfielder um, on the day. Uh, I think when we talk about the regression, uh, Douglas Luis for me didn't really he didn't butter any parsnips for me in this game, um, which is a shame because I thought he would. Mm. I like him though. I like I like I watch for him in the eighth position. And I think what happened is that when we were being overrun a small bit because they were playing three at the back, he was very wide at times, the cover for our fullbacks. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I, I think he was kind of caught between two stools there again, not wanting to be a six, but having to play very, very wide as an eight. And I just think, I think if, if Douglas Luiz had a bit more pace, I think he, he, he would have the makings of being an outstanding midfielder. But um, that's, that's probably a conversation for another day. Uh, Buendia came on, thought he did pretty well. Yeah, a lot of people like Buendia. 
I always think it's it's funny uh, when Dia started the other night, and then the, the crowd starts singing Coutinho song all the way through, <laughs> and then Coutinho starts and they start singing the Buendia song. I don't think they know exactly what they want to be playing in the ten, but we had the unusual situation where they were both playing together, which was it. It, it didn't get much change. Yeah, but it was unusual. I thought it, I thought Ings put in a shift as well. I know his he wasn't exactly uh, finishing well, but yeah, they annoyed me. Yeah, these, one in particular annoyed me. I thought he should have done a whole lot better with it. But look, um, I still think he works very hard. I still think he really, really wants it and he's up for it. But I don't know whether whether it's going to take a good preseason and a run in the team for for the goals to come there, or else we're just going to bring in a striker. So. But uh, I think you, you oh, can yeah. tell from the Ollie we, Watkins. We're definitely bringing in a striker this summer. Yes, we know that. <laughs> and I, and I and and yeah, and and like, lads, I I definitely think we're going to see Luis Suarez and Claret and Blue. But you got that's not look. There's to be a whole podcast about the yeses and the noes on that one. Yeah. All right, but uh, I just think that we'll see an experienced striker come in here and. Mm. Uh, with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, we'll worry about it then, which which yeah. it more than likely will happen. But anyway, we'll uh, we'll talk about it again. But the one thing we did get out of this is that Ollie Watkins thinks he's not going anywhere, judging by his celebration of the goal. So we'll just have to wait and see. I thought Watkins was brilliant. I thought he was really good. Um, I thought he did a lot of work playing against the front three. Um, yeah. I, and look, we're not talking about a front three that are are uh, exactly going. We're exactly going to take it handy on him. Like they're all big, hulking, brutish men back there. You know, Kuwait was in there. Anderson, Gray. I thought Watkins did well. I thought he tried to run in between. The, tried to find gaps in between them. Um, he took them on in the air, which he was heavy, heavy second favorite to every one of them. Uh, one of those balls, I thought he did okay with those. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, I'm probably just going to say it. it was a definite foul, I think, for the, for the goal. I don't know how we got away with it, to be honest with you. But uh, I think it's probably one of those ones that you could could have given it both ways because the, because um, Gray had no eyes in the ball either. You know, he was there was there was a one of them, two of them wrestling match. And then uh, yeah. Watkins was just like, it just hit off what. I'm still not even convinced that it hit off Watkins to go in, but goal was given to him. And my fantasy football team lives to fight another day. So <laughs> I like that. But uh, it's, yeah, like you can tell that we're not, we don't have a ton of energy for this one because there was no real spark in it at any stage. Chris Kavanagh didn't have to do much. No. 
no one had to do much. You know, I thought uh, we we actually spoke about the game about distribution from our backline, and our distribution was putrid, absolutely putrid at times. It was just route one, and and we're lumping it up to Quete, um, Anderson, and Gray. You know, it's like that's something I really want to see different uh, against. Bur- I I don't even want to wait till next season. I want to see want to see a difference in that against Burnley. Um, on Thursday night because uh, it's something that we mentioned in the team sheet tantrum. It's something that somebody mentioned who was in the comments mentioned it to us in the team sheet tantrum too. So um, it's something that I want to, I would hope that Stephen Gerrard is looking at. And if it means going wide earlier, then I'll sacrifice that. But, uh, you know, you can't be just dumping the ball up. Oh, look, Tarkovsky and Ben Mee and um, whoever else might be out for uh, for Burnley, I still don't want to go along um, because it's not our striking strikers' um, uh, strong suit. And we're, we're bypassing Philippe Coutinho. You know, we talk about Philippe Coutinho being quiet. Maybe it's because we're not getting him the ball and we're not featuring him yeah. as much as possible. Feature him against Burnley at home. Feature him against Man City. See, if Man City still have those defensive issues and Rodri has to stay, still play at centre-half, like Nathan Ake is still injured... Uh, what you call him went off with um, Ruben Diaz is going to be out. Was it John? There was somebody else who's out. John Stones might be out too, you know. So they're 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 potentially could be have a makeshift back four. Who like get Coutinho at that back four and stop going, you know, o- trying to go over them because we don't yeah. have a giant striker. And it's just that's well, what, I another thing I found I, annoying about this game too, you know. Mm. I think, I think it was is. the two, as I mentioned, those those two uh, brutes of central midfielders, um, defensive midfielders that they put in there to stop Coutinho was the reason we went long every time. They, they, they pressed us high that we couldn't pass the ball around like we normally do. So what can you do? Only try and work on it. I, I thought it was going to change at halftime. I thought it was going to be some kind of personnel change, but it just didn't come. Yeah, and, and it, it just didn't, you know. And we did. We brought on Jacob Ramsey. Callum Chambers got to run out in defensive midfielder position, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, he did. He came on from the Canberra. And then when Dia came on for Douglas Luis, wasn't it? And no, Cham- oh, Chambers came on for um, Esri Conza. Cham- Chambers came on for Conza. Yes, sorry, you're right. And, and that doesn't look good. That was actually a talking point. Uh, yeah. It, it looked... It it looked innocuous enough on the field. It was only when Gerard said afterwards that he's not that uh, he's worried about Ezra Kanza about what might come back. We haven't heard anything about it yet. Um, you just you just never know. One of those, it's just the the foot is the studs are locked, and there's nowhere to go, and someone falls on you. Like it it was there was nothing yeah. malicious in it. It was nothing, no badness. He just literally fell on the on a leg that was planted, and there's there's a myriad of things that can go wrong there. Unfortunately, so. Hopefully, we wish him a speedy recovery because we we need we need all the, we 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 don't want to go into a situation where we have a a, a centre half out for six months the first six months of the season. So we we mm. want it to be you know even though I do think we will sure oh we probably we probably will but if, if he ever, we'll if probably, he ever had any attention to selling him he's not going to sell him with an injury. Yeah, yeah. Like I'd say when we're by, when we're looking at. at purchasing players I'd say we'd be talking two defensive players two midfield players one striker I'd say at mm. a minimum that's what I'd say we'd be looking at and, and that still gives us opportunities to bring true players uh, through the academy but look when we look at it the, the gap the one area that we do have gaps in our succession planning I suppose really is centre half we don't have any 19-20 year old centre half that they really 
that they're really looking to. Although Lamar Bogard was with the team at the weekend, he was with the team. He was uh, there for match day. He is back. He is fit. I don't know whether they like. He's not exactly a joint. I don't know whether they see him as a center half at this level or whether they see him as maybe a midfielder, maybe even a right back. Who knows? But uh, he does play centre half with uh, for for the the underage teams. Um, I'd imagine we'll see Josh. We'll know it. We'll know on Thursday night if Lamar Bogart is there. That's what they think of him. Maybe it's centre half. Um, mm. I'd imagine it'll be Josh Feeney again. He's been featured twice in the on the bench so far this season. And uh, yeah, I just we just are looking out to have to play Josh Feeney, 16, 17 year old against Man City last day of the season when we're looking to. To curtail their their uh their cup celebrations, but um look, baptism of fire. We had to throw Garrett Barry in. I know it was open day of the season against Sheffield Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. But we had to fire him in at 17, and it, he didn't turn out yeah. too bad, did he? Didn't turn out too bad at Absolutely. all. Um, but it no, will I, be think, I think Chambers will just slot in there. I think it's just if there's an injury, yeah, then, yeah. then, then well, he would of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'm just thinking about the bench and if there is another injury, you know, it really becomes squeaky mm. bum time then again. Um, but, yeah, look, I think I think best thing, it would have been great to win this game. I really thought we won this game. I think I'm so pissed off about it more so because I had the, my expectation level for how the team were going to perform just wasn't, it didn't come anywhere close. Like, I'd give the team a D on their performance if I was grading their, their if it was grading it as if it was like a, a end of season paper this one was like a, it was a D performance for me so much more they could have done I thought at times that they they phoned it in they reverted the type they crowded p- places they just lumped it forward they couldn't get anything going uh, for a lot of period, lot, lot of periods of the match, yeah, we had one or two chances, but our chance creation was poor. Our finishing was poor from Ings. We got lucky with a goal from Watkins, and to be honest with you, the goal we conceded as well was sloppy. You know, you sh- you have to be defending stuff like that too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's like like none of it is to write home about. To be honest with you, um, it was very much two middle mid mid table teams, but. Stephen Jarrett said he didn't want to want to let these crowd as dead rubbers and he wanted to go for something. And most likely now we'd be looking at not finishing in the top half. Oh, no. Uh, well, we have a chance, but like I suppose in realistic terms now, we would be looking to, to finish 11th. Um, Neil, I have, I have some bad news. Oh, no. Don't tell Conor, me. Conor Horahan just had a penalty saved. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say he scored a winning penalty for Sheffield United to knock out, knock out Forrest. I want Forrest to go through. And so do I. <laughs> I like Connor. I'd love to have him on the podcast. If anyone knows Connor or and, and can finagle him onto the only Irish Aston Villa podcast, uh, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Is there any other? Oh, no, there are the two boys. The Villa podcast. The two boys are there as well. <laughs> two boys from Derry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but we want Connor first. I'm closer. Absolutely. I'm from Limerick. It's closer to Cork than Derry is. Uh, so that's why we went him first. I played soccer against Bandon before, and I played. So that's uh, that's my in there. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. rambling now, Paddy. Oh, yeah, as, uh, as I said, there isn't really much to go through. And to be honest with you, half the reason I were rambling is because I'm I'm watching. Uh, I, I was watching the penalties there until my uh, stream froze. Um, right. after the second penalty, so I don't know what's going on, but uh, well, look, it's two, it's two nil to Nuts Forest after after two penalties, so uh, oh, looking good for uh, Steve Cooper, what a manager! Hmm. What I'd a love manager. to see, I'd love to see Forest back in the Premier League, to be honest. Oh, I think, yeah. 
you know, for a club for a club of that size and history, you know, I always have a soft spot for for just you know. two guys I know that are Forest fans, and I can guarantee you the tears that would be cried if they got if they got promoted <laughs> again. I mean, the two of them would be blabbering messes if they were to get promoted. Well, that and the fact that they'd probably drink drink half a Limerick dry, but uh, mm. that's a story for another day. But um, yeah, look, lads, we're, we're as I say, we're rambling here. Wasn't the best result. Uh, low energy game. And uh, hopefully we pick it up against Burnley. Uh, I want us to go and beat Burnley. I want us to get three points. I want us to climb the table. I want us to finish in a higher position than we did last season. I want us to finish out the league um, uh, as, as best we can. I want us to go with good form, good, t- good uh, game plan to Man City and to take it to them on the last day of the season. And protect the integrity of the league Liverpool did their bit, bit beating uh, Southampton tonight and uh, hopefully we're going to do our bit and, and protect the integrity of the of the uh, the relegation battle by going out and putting, a, putting up a good performance against Burnley hopefully beating Burnley, getting our three points and mm-hmm. you know let them worry about their situation and we'll worry about ours um, then on to Man City and once again beat them and let them worry about their situation and we'll worry about <laughs> ours. If we've played three goalies against Man City, I'm okay with that. As long as we would come away with an ill-all draw or a good result, that's kind of what I'm looking for there. But um, Well, it, mean, it means we're, we've got we've got a vested interest at both ends of the table in the two games that we've, we've left to play. So there's going to be, obviously, they've switched the, the game on Thursday to be live on Sky. So mm. that's, that's going to be you know, watched all around the world because Burnley are in the mire as well and, and they could do with the three points. So uh, it's uh, it's all to play for and, and you know, we're going to have a big say on, on Sunday against Man City. We'll what sides of the table? Yeah. We have a big say between now and... Hopefully we won't do our usual roll over and get our belly tickled and I'd love to see us uh, stopping them winning it this year. I really would just because of... What they did on us last year, and you know, stockpiling players and pissing everybody off. So, um, as I said, at least it's something to play for. Never mind the Rodri goal, you know, the goal that should never have been in, yeah, in, early in the season. Yeah, we we don't forget. One good thing about Villa fans is we don't forget. Um, so <laughs> it's all coming down hopefully to Sunday, but we need to put in a good performance on Thursday. With that, we will be back tomorrow with a preview show for the Burnley game. Um. Hopefully we'll have the press conference. The press conference will be, um, uh, I think it's tomorrow, and uh, we'll have that. We'll be able to go through that and the presser pickups uh, and do the preview all together. We'll be back there with a team sheet tantrum with the Villa View in association with Boohoo Man on Thursday before the game, 6.50. Then we will, on Friday, we will be doing a um, a post-match show. Saturday we'll be doing a preview show. For the for the for the Man City game Sunday we'll be doing a team sheet tantrum for the for the Man City game we'll probably do a reaction pod and then both of us myself and Paddy will have to get probably a joint lot on some sort of solicitor uh, to represent us in the attempted murder cases that both of our partners are going are going we're going to have to bring against both our partners because they are going to murder us um, because we're going to be going six or seven days in a row but look let us deal with that. And uh, if we do need to set up a GoFundMe for our legal battles, uh, you guys might sort us out for that. That would be fantastic. But uh, <laughs> Forest True to the East, uh, the East Midlands, massive. Our, uh... <laughs> Kieran is obviously a few seconds ahead of me because uh, they've just blazed <laughs> over the bar here, their fourth penalty. So I'm guessing oh, uh, 
Chef, you are going to miss this one as well. Did and they Keenan have. take penalty? Keenan didn't get to take one, no. I'm sure he was number five. Salad his houses. <laughs> no bother there. He's definitely going to win it. Uh, win it from. Well, he's anyway, going to Wembley anyway. He's going to Wembley again. Yeah, sure. He's he, all he knows is Wembley from Aston Villa Football Club. That's all he knows is Wembley up until a couple of years yeah. ago. But um, yeah, lads, we're going to leave it at that. As I say, we've packed schedule. We'll probably be back every night uh, between now and Sunday. Um, maybe except Saturday, um, maybe. Ex- maybe except Saturday. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, uh, we might do. Yeah, we might we might sub people in and out there for a couple of nights <laughs> to see what's going on, see if we can get away with murder. But uh, we will be back anyway tomorrow night with a preview show, preview show for the Burnley game. Either way, uh, we'll be back with Team She Tantrum uh, for the for the Burnley game then as well, and we'll take it from there. So um, keep the eyes and ears peeled. Uh, you'll be sick of us by the end of the week, but then you'll have a big barren spell without us doing any Team She Tantrums. So you know, don't knock it while you have it. Um, right, everybody, have a great night. It is half past 10. Thanks, million, for joining. As always, if you give this a thumbs up, I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for everything you do for the podcast. Also, I keep on saying it, but if you guys haven't subscribed to the audio podcast, I really appreciate it. It's going to be a big feature of uh, hopefully of what something we're going to do um, throughout the off season there uh, instead of always coming live on YouTube. Um, we will have one or two uh, pieces in audio, audio pieces, should I say. So really appreciate that. But until tomorrow, guys, going to let you get off to bed. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.